Fried Artichokes and Old Songs, written by Philpata Lupin and narrated by Crows Before Bros. This story is rated for all audiences and is posted on hpfanfictalk.com. Are you sure you're Italian? John Lupin would ask his wife jokingly anytime she decided she wanted to experiment in the kitchen, subsequently turning the place into an indescribable mess of bowls and pans, of clouds of flour and oil splattering, olive oil, of course, rigorously extra virgin, and made for some prime quality stains on her apron and on her kitchen tiles. Usually, Sylvia would reply to those attacks by grabbing some utensil and using it to hit John, who would dodge it and laugh and run away. Sometimes she would simply turn to him, hands on her hips, and eyes narrowed, and she would declare defiantly, You can skip dinner if you prefer, Lupin, before turning back to the stoves offended. Little five-year-old Remus would laugh wholeheartedly at their antics. He knew neither of his parents was being serious. How could his dad's teases be more than just teases when he knew for a fact his mum was the bestest cook in the world? He loved everything she made, salty or sweet, fried or baked. He loved her on-the-spot creations, but much more than that, he loved her old faithfuls, the recipes she'd imported from her birthplace that she'd learned from Nona Lucrezia, and that one day she would teach him and that he would teach his own children when he'd be all grown up like his dad was. There weren't many things that could give Remus as much joy as the sound and smell of the jowl sizzling, as the sight of his mum humming to some tune only she knew as she beat eggs to make carbonara. He loved observing the process almost as much as he loved tasting the final product. Salt, pepper, pecorino cheese, mix it all up with the eggs while singing softly Arrivederci Roma. For a while, Remus genuinely believed that without the song, the taste wouldn't have been so good. Little over three years changed a lot in the Lupin's routine. There wasn't as much teasing in the kitchen anymore. John was rarely at home, working after hours, both because of the darkness advancing in their world and because they needed more money to spend on cures that would never work anyway. Remus knew it was his fault, no matter how many times that his parents tried to tell him otherwise. It was his fault, just like it was his fault that they had to move towns four times in a year because eventually someone would figure out what was wrong with him. Remus didn't laugh that much anymore, but he still enjoyed watching his mom at work in the kitchen. One day, a few weeks before his ninth birthday, Remus left the comfort of his bedroom where he was still recovering from the last full moon and went downstairs to join his mum who was busy with chores. Mummy, he called, tugging at her sleeve. Sylvia turned to him, her face betraying surprise and concern. Remus, sweetheart, what are you doing up? You should be resting. Remus dodged the question, asking one of his own. Can you teach me to cook something? Sylvia blinked, and then she chuckled at the determined look on her son's face. I suppose a no is not an answer you're going to accept. Remus grinned, knowing he'd already won. There was an old record player in their sitting room, one of the few things John had refused to get rid of during their various moves. Remus shuffled through their vinyl disc collection and eventually chose one to put on. He now knew the difference between ingredients and soundtrack, but he still couldn't imagine cooking with his mum without some nostalgic Italian song from the 50s playing in the background. While the first notes of Chitara Romana started to play, Sylvia checked their pantry for ingredients. She smiled as she discovered a bunch of artichokes hidden behind the rather large cauliflower. I know what we're making. What is it? Remus asked, voice acute with anticipation. His mum suppressed another chuckle. Carchofia alla Judia. Remus frowned, confused. What is that? 
Artichokes, dear. Fried artichokes. It's an old recipe Roman Jews invented something like 500 years ago. There should be a recipe in my notebook. Can you grab it for me? Remus didn't need to be told twice. He immediately ran to retrieve the booklet. Here it is, he declared proudly, handing it to his mum. Thank you, honey. Okay, let's see. First of all, we need to soak the artichokes in cold water and lemon. They got to work together. Sylvia took for herself the more risky bits, like the ones involving a knife, but she let Remus help in the cleaning process, showing him how to take out the external leaves and how to beat the artichokes to make them open up. Can you take care of these last three on your own while I heat the oil? Remus nodded, not really looking at her as he furrowed his brows in concentration. She hugged him and kissed the top of his head, and Remus let out a weird huff, <sighs> a mix between a chuckle and a protest. Humming along to the music, Sylvia filled a pan with oil and put it on the stoves, waiting patiently for it to warm up. It's hot now. Are you ready? She called eventually, and Remus rushed to her, carrying the platter where they had laid the clean artichokes. She picked up the first one with the help of tongs and dipped its head into the pan. I want to see, Remus protested, standing on his tiptoes. Go grab a chair, Sylvia replied, amused. The child climbed on the chair, and Sylvia circled his waist with her right arm to make sure he didn't fall over, using the left hand to hold the tongs. Remus stared in fascination as the leaves started to curl up and turn golden. She pulled the artichoke out and laid it on another plate covered in paper towel and let it dry. She picked up another one and handed the tongs to Remus. Want to try? Remus grabbed the tongs with even too much enthusiasm. Slowly, Sylvia recommended, tightening her grip on him for a moment. She cast a shield charm around him, just in case. Maybe she couldn't protect her son from his inner demons, but she could prevent rebellious oil drops from hurting him. Remus's heart filled with joy as his artichoke slowly turned into a crispy gold-brown rose, just like the previous one had. It was magic, the kind of magic that didn't need a wand to be performed, which made it all the more special. Mama sano tanto felice, the old disc was playing, which happened to perfectly express how he was feeling in that moment. That, too, was some kind of magic. Thank you, Mum. You're welcome, dear. I love you. I love you, too. That was when they heard the sound of apparition, and not a moment later, John was lying against the doorframe of the kitchen, watching them with mock-stirred expression. What are you two up to? Remus jumped off the chair and rushed to his dad. We made carciofi alla Judia, he declared with a proud grin, butchering the pronunciation in a way that made Sylvia chuckle. And what would that be? he asked, walking toward his wife and holding Remus's hand in his. He kissed her cheek and she smiled. Fried artichokes, she replied, nodding her head toward the already cooked ones. Oh, they look yummy. And he removed one of the leaves and shoved it in his mouth. Mmm, okay, this isn't that bad, he declared jokingly once he finished swallowing. I helped, Remus pointed out excitedly. He did, Sylvia confirmed. Your son has what it takes to be a great chef. I had no doubt, John replied, shuffling Remus's hair. Then he reached out for another leaf. John Edward Lupin, you are going to wait until we all sit at the table. All right, all right, he said, raising his hands in surrender, but unable to keep the laugh out of his voice. It was like a jump back in time, a time when full moons were a source of wonder and not pain, a time when it was normal and easy and all right to play and joke and laugh. The family sat together around the dining table, just enjoying the food and the carelessness of the moment. Remus munched happily on the crispy leaves. It was like eating chips, only better because of that bitter hint that made you appreciate the sweetness all the more. In the background, covered by the family, relaxed chatting, and almost forgotten, the old disc was still playing a happy and carefree tune. Voglio vivere così. 
Col sole in fronte, e felice canto, canto per me.